everyone, I'm Rachel Poley here with Ari Meglin, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. For those of you listening, welcome back to episode 10. Today's a special episode because we have our first guest who foolishly agreed to join us. So please welcome author Kerry Davidson. We're so happy she could join us this week. Kerry created the Merry Writer's tagline, Come for the Questions, Stay for the Friends, which we absolutely love. Uh, Kerry, how long have you been playing the Merry Writer on Twitter? Oh, that's a good question to start off with. Um, I have no idea. Has it been maybe a year? I've only been on Twitter for about two years. It must have been a year or so. You, you've only been on Twitter for two years? Yeah, my uh, joining date says uh, something like 2007. But no, I only activated my account when I moved here. So yeah, it's been about two years. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Um, the Merry Writer is actually going to be two years old in July. It took me a while to learn how to use Twitter because we moved here and all I had was my computer. So I set it up and I asked my sister, because she's smarter at stuff like this than me, I said, how do you use Twitter? She said, follow a bunch of people and like all their crap. Um, okay. <laughs> my first post, I didn't even know what a hashtag was, was hashtag the Chronicles of Henny because I had just you know, done my first graphic novel, I had no idea what to do. But so it took me a while before I found The Merry Writer. And so I'm guessing about a year. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's funny because Twitter is such an easy platform and yet it's so complicated at the same time. Yeah, just to get into it, because when I set up my second account, just for retweeting and the other, uh, hashtag game on there. I couldn't even find the people that I want, I was looking for. I had to know their exact handles. Like it's really hard when you're starting. It's like you're starting in the dark until yeah. you learn the hashtags and get to know some people. I get connected to people's avatar and I'll be like, oh yeah, I know. Who, and then they'll change it and it's like, who the hell is this? I who know. the hell is this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped changing mine for that reason. It still happens. Just the other day, I'm like, okay, looking for, you know, just people I know. Who is this and why do they keep talking to me? And then their Twitter handles are totally different from what their actual username is. So it's hard to put two and two together and remember who they actually are. Well, like mine, I mean, I'm Bag of Lettuce is my handle, but then <laughs> it has my name on top. That is the best Twitter handle I have ever come across because it is so random. I love it. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, today's episode, we are talking about what the best thing about writing is and what the worst things are about writing. So, Kerry, what's the worst thing about writing to you? Mm, I have to pick one, hey? Okay, for me, I'm going to go with how obsessive I get over my project or projects. I, I end up missing a lot of things in real life. I was, I was saying the other day, I think, I think it was on Twitter, but how I once wrote through a tornado that came over my house. I had no idea. I'm not kidding. I came out later and there's this emergency alert on the phone in the other room. And there's trees all over the place. Oh, that's not necessarily a good thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's kind of cool though at the same time. Well, it was. And right before that, there was a heat wave. And I'm going to talk in Celsius because I'm in Canada, but very hot, above 40. Like it was scorching. And I sat upstairs, no air conditioning, 
all day with a sweater wrapped around me. And later I go and see what's trending, heat wave. I'm right smack in the middle of it. Not a clue. It's, it's dangerous sometimes. <laughs> Can I just say, I never think of heat waves in Canada. I assume it's just always cold and snowy. It's always one or the other, pretty much. I give you that much. Like it just, the snow just melted. And then it's going to be, well, again, 26. So like way above room temperature today. I know. And it's crazy too, because you're not too, too far away from me. I feel like between Canada and the United States, it's so weird how different the temperature is. I know. Obviously, I'm way further away from you. I'm over on Northern Ireland, so there's like a huge ocean between us. And we we get mostly rain. That's what the United Kingdom is known for, just rain. Oh, that's Maybe a bit of sun. Rainy days are good, though. I don't know if I'd be able to deal with it all the time. They get really, really dull after a while. And because you get gray skies so you sometimes you're sort of squinting at your computer screen thinking do I have to put the light on it's a daytime I shouldn't have to do that okay so Carrie you get really obsessed whenever you're writing and that's the worst thing about writing for you because that in the amount of time you have to spend sitting I never used to be a sitter until I had to and I still don't do it properly I'm sitting cross-legged right now and that's bad 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 to sit all day long cross-legged but I, I can't do any other way well, that's how I sit, too. I'm actually sitting on my knees right now. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm awful at sitting. and uh, But yeah, no, I do agree with that because you are, when you're sitting all day long, it's not good for anybody. Ari, what's the worst thing about writing for you? I think constantly falling down plot holes. I seem to have moments where it's like, yay, everything's working. I'm writing away. And it's like the ideas are just streaming. And then I look back, it's like, shit, there's a giant plot hole. <laughs> So I'll hit a pothole and then you fix it and then you find that that causes another plot hole. I think I'm constantly trolling through my manuscripts trying to find and fix plot holes and then you get a little bit paranoid like have I missed one? Am I going to complete like four or five drafts and then go oh my gosh. When are you doing this though like during the drafting process or editing? I think it's usually the drafting process and even though I do plan and I have an outline I plant more than plan so I will plan 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 and then hit that you know end of act two level you know that's three quarters of the way through and then I turn to go yeah and just sort of stop and then I start planning at the end and I seem to have this like gap in my outline and that seems to be where plot holes I fall into plot holes and then when I go back after I fixed a plot hole I'll find more plot holes and it's my own fault I need to be more careful when I plan I need to plan fully and then be more careful with with plot holes but I don't. That's just, it's funny because that's why, and it, I have the same problem of the plot holes and all that in editing, and it's horrible. And yeah, I actually take out the literal scissors sometimes, but when I'm doing that first draft and I don't plot a whole lot, I don't look back until it's done because it'll never get done. Mm-hmm. Later when I'm editing, then I go and cut, 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 and snip, 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 and pull my hair out and all that. <laughs> Not the first time. I don't, I don't, I do not allow that. (laughs) I won't look. It's not there. (laughs) Rachel, what's your uh, worst thing about writing? The worst thing about writing, I think, is the time. It takes such a long time to write a book. I get angry sometimes that it's writing and not written. (laughs) because I have been working on my mystery novel since 2011, 
and I'm at the breaking point where I just want it to be done. And it's been going great and each draft improves, but I'm at the point where I'm like, you, you really just need to see the light of day. You need to move out of the house or start paying rent or something <laughs> because this is just taking way too long and I have too many other ideas. This is only the first novel in a series. And I'm like, I got to move on. You, you need to, you need to just stop and be done. <laughs> you need to be written. <laughs> You're still working on this novel? Yep, I'm still working on the first novel of the series. Are you gonna just send it out somewhere? I mean, like to an editor or betas or? My goal is by the end of this year to have an editor hired and, you know, start working with an editor through it because I, I, I'm gonna rip my hair out and it's, it's awful. That's I think I'm overthinking it at this point. I think with first books though that that happens because I'm in a similar situation with my preternatural fantasy. I started writing that series when I was 18 and I am not even close to that age anymore. <laughs> um, and I, I have so much information and scenes and ideas and plots that span about eight books but obviously the first book is the most important and I have rewritten it like four times. And I think that the rest of the books will be will come out fine. The character development has been sorted and the plot ideas and the character arcs, it's all fine. The first book is the key and it's holding up everything else. And it just it's just one of those things that does that. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, mine has changed so much and I have two main characters. The second main character didn't come into play until probably a year or two after I first created it. And the main, main character, he had a totally different personality when I first created him. And I pictured the series going in a different direction. It's just changed so much so that it's, it's taking a long time. <laughs> well, I know I'm writing the sequel to the one I published last year right now. Well, I'm writing two kind of at the same time. I started one in October. And then this one I did for 85K90 in January. And it's past the one. It was the sequel, sorry, to Soul's Choice. And it was so much easier. There's hardly anything to fix after it's been to betas. I'm about to send it off to the editor. But that other one, it's going through, I think it's 4-3 right now. Because it's just, I didn't know the characters. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And honestly, that's nice to hear that the second is a lot easier than the first. Yeah. That gives me hope. <laughs> All right, but now that we've gotten the worst points out of the way, let's talk about some of the good things about writing. Carrie, what's the best thing about writing for you? I'd have to say it, it's an escape. And it's really the one thing that is mine, only mine. When I'm walking to my office for the day and it's time for me to write, it's all about me and like I said, I don't even know what's going on around me sometimes, but it's just, it's mine. That's a great answer. I love that. But it's true. You, you get sucked into it. And, you know, even though you block out the rest of the world whenever you do write, it is nice to just have that, that moment of peace. Yes, it's frustrating, especially with the edits. And sometimes your characters misbehave, but it's me time. And that's, it's great. I Not agree. only that but in the end I mean you are working toward a goal no matter how long it takes you to get there it's not just like some other hobbies that are enjoyable and you know take you to your happy place but there's a point to it 
and you do have goals and you're doing what you love to do and being productive, I couldn't ask for anything else. I think you're right about it being an escape. And I think that's why so many writers turn to um, fiction over nonfiction and why fantasy has always been such a big genre because I think that's one of those ones where it's not only an escapism but it, it's such a, a step aside from reality because you can have your dragons and you can have your vampires and, and anything like that and yeah I don't know I think uh, there's, there's something so freeing about being a writer and just kind of close the door and then you're in another world completely and it's your world until you get to the point where you want to share it. I mean, that's actually uh, my favorite part of writing. I was going to say the creative freedom, but Carrie and Ari, you guys just explained it so much better than I ever would have. But it's true, especially with everything happening in the world right now. I said to my sister the other day, I'm like, okay, where is the protagonist? And when are they going to step forward and fix this? Because I, you know, where are they? They're, they've missed their cue. Yesterday was a good time to come. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good point. There's a lot of villainy around at the moment. Yes. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With writing, you know, you, you put your characters through hell, but in the end, well, for the most part, I'm sure there are some books that don't have happy endings, but mm. for the most part, everything gets resolved and th everything is happy and normal and I think especially with writers because we're quite not saying all but a lot of writers are very introverted it's a nice way of connecting with other people they might be fake people we might have created them in our own heads but it's still this this sense of, of almost like a community and I know I sound a bit crazy right now but I'm just gonna go ahead anyway <laughs> but it's like you create your world you create these people you spend so many months or even years with these characters, you know everything about them to the point where when you finish the book and you have to let it go, there's a little part of you that's like, oh. Oh, that's a very real thing. And I don't know why I'm interrupting here, but that happens to me after every draft on every project. If it's a big revision or edit, as soon as I'm that last page and I let it sit for a while or switch to another thing, it's almost like a depression and it's very real and I'm not the only one because I've asked people about this. It's just letting it go at each stage. It's like, well, no, I was in there doing that. <laughs> now I'm not okay. What do I do? Well, you know what? You, your characters, they are your babies. I call them my imaginary friends, but they really are your babies. And so when they do get to that point, here I am saying that the worst part of writing is the time and that it takes a really long time to get through it. But I do know that when it does come time that I do finally publish this book, I'm, I'm going to be so happy, but so sad at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think the idea, though, is like, as you said, it's like you release it and you've, you've spent all this time with them and then suddenly other people are spending time with them. And as you said, they're your babies and it's like letting them go to school for the first time. You're like, are they going to be okay? Is somebody going to be mean to them? They better not be mean to them. <laughs> so true. Yes. In regards to that, Kerry, how do you feel when you, when you let your, because your, obviously you said you're, you're working on the second one, you let your novel go do you get that kind of like panic of like I don't want it to go yet are you like yes free go free my babies oh everything it's just the roller coaster yes it's like well and like Rachel was saying okay you have to go 
this is enough already. You're ready. I'm actually sick of reading this book over and over and over again. <laughs> get out. And then as soon as it gets out, I'm like, no, give it back to me. I'm not ready. <laughs> but yeah, I keep going back and forth and back and forth. And then you get your proof copy and it's like, oh, I'm so happy. And then, oh, I'm so sad because I don't, it's insanity. It's so hard to release anything. I mean, I'm about to release just another graphic novel, but even that, I mean, my, the Henny, he's a drunken chicken. There's nothing overly professional about this. This is all just fun. I mean, it takes a long time to do, and there is a story there, but I'm going to probably have it out next month. But even that, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. Like, should I even bother releasing it? Because there's, well, there's not going to be any trade shows or, you know, that sort of thing this year. It's all online. But then I look at what I've done and I'm sitting here. I got the whole manuscript. It's all ready to go. And I'm so proud of it and I'm so happy. And then, yeah, just back and forth, back and forth. Now I'm starting to sound crazy, but... (laughs) Well, I think insanity is a good word for it, but not in a bad way. Thanks for that. <laughs> We're <laughs> all insane. How you feel? <laughs> We've all been there. I've got one more thing that is one of the worst things, and I'm just struggling with it on three different projects right now. Something I hate, hate, hate is getting that back cover blurb. Oh, mm-hmm. oh I hate that. Painful. I mean, last time with Soul's Choice, what I ended up doing was writing the whole friggin' synopsis and just picking the highlights out for the blurb. I couldn't do it any other way. <laughs> so oh, yeah, that, that doesn't sound like a bad way to do it, though. No. Oh. I might end up doing the same thing because I've I've been picking at these. I have three of them just sitting there like little drafts, and they get worse every time I touch them. <laughs> they make less sense. <laughs> I think it is one of the worst parts, especially because people say like, oh, you should try and get your blurb earlier, even before you publish the book, because you can use it almost like an elevator pitch. And then you have people and they're like, oh, there's a formula. You introduce your protagonist. You, you tell them about like what's go- a little bit about what's going on and, and hint at some conflict. And I have sat there I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, no, no, it's not working. And it just, and I never know whether I should be in- including th- things that the reader might wanted to find out or whether, but then it ends up being really boring and it's like, eh, this person went to the shop. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. I know, especially, sorry, but for the one I'm doing is a sequel and I don't know. Well, it starts out with spoiling the whole last novel, which of course, I mean, you're going to have to do a bit, but people want to find out what happened at the end of the last one. And that's like, three plot points that they are going to want to find out while they're reading the story, not before, but it's what the story's about. So I'm just, I, I throw my pen down. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I hate going to the bookstore and picking up book two, not realizing it's book two, and you read the back cover and it just spoils the entire first book for you. But I do see, like, what, I, what else are you supposed to do for a sequel? Maybe I'm just doomed. I'm doomed. (laughs) Actually, that's a really good point. When did people stop putting book one, book two, book three on their novel covers? You know, it used to be on like the spine and you'd look, you go, oh, it says number two, I've got to find number one. But then now, nobody seems to do it. Even if they know it's going to be a a novel set, 
you, you really, you literally have to go into the inside cover and see what the author has written to go, oh, God, there's, there's two other books before this one. It doesn't yeah. actually say it. Yeah, but sometimes see, they don't mine, even have that list. I don't know. I'm going to put, and I do have like the cover art started. My covers is doing it and she has a sequel to Soul's Choice. But when I wrote the first one, I, I didn't intend on making a sequel. Yeah. Well, yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah. Not for sure. I, I wanted to see how it went first and if people wanted one. And so, yeah, it's going to be, I, yeah, this, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> right but now. you know what? At least I, you made the note. Yeah. Well, speaking of insanity, do you think that's a good point of writing or a bad point of writing? I'm all for it. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> um, I actually have a quote on my email signature that says, a writer is a split personality who puts their other self down on paper to avoid the asylum. And I think that says it all. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's perfect. I think you need, you need to be a little bit crazy because you sit in a room on your own, staring at a screen, making up things and talking to characters that don't exist. You know, most people grow out of that when they're kids. <laughs> We're making a job out of it. I know, yeah. We have the imagination. That was actually back to my point where I was like, the creative freedom is one of the best things about writing because you could just go with it and fiction is just that, it's fiction. You can make up whatever you want. And there is some sort of truth to it, but for the most part, you could just wing it and just, you know say I wrote this this is the law that's all yeah in the first draft when you sit down and you let all the crap come out and people have asked me before what do you do when you're stuck like you're at that point where you just there's no words I I talk to my characters I'm like okay I have nothing so you guys go run around do what you want for a chapter (laughs) and literally even if I come back and I end up cutting that whole chapter it's taken them somewhere else and the story goes on. It that always works for me, and it's absolutely insane. But <laughs> that's that's the only way I know how to keep going. Well, no, I agree because there have been times where I've sat down and I've created interview questions for my characters, and I've written answers in their voices, and it it works. It sounds completely ridiculous, but it works. Well, that's another reason why, like on Twitter, the Merry Writer and all the monthly hashtag games about for writing, they're so important. They've helped me so many times. Sometimes you look at a question like, why the hell would I care what my MC's favorite childhood toy was or whatever? I don't care what their favorite color is, but it gets you to thinking. And just the most random questions will just spark something or realize okay, maybe they don't have a favorite color. Well, why not then? Like, what am I missing about this character? It helps you flesh out your characters and your story. And those are so important, those games, to keep them going just for that reason. Yeah, yeah. it does help. They're, they're like writing prompts in a way. Yeah, definitely. I think Absolutely. we've I've, I've, I've had people comment before and then say like, you know, these questions have made me think so much deeper and they've even sparked new characters, like spin-offs, because they've, they've kind of gone down a rabbit hole with, a, with one of the questions and ideas and it's come up and they thought, oh, that side character is suddenly going to end up being a main character in their own book. 
And that's just going to lead me on to another thing about another best thing about writing is that there is no right or wrong way. Everything can work. What works for one person doesn't work for another person. You can interview your characters. You can let them run amok and write random scenes for them. It's whatever works. Some people step away from their novel. Some people create new scenes. Some people think, ah, I'm going to start a second novel while I let the other one sort of ferment in the back of my head. And I like that of this sort of hobby, this career, whatever you want to call it, depending on where you are in your journey, is that there is no right or wrong path. It just works for you and you can mix things up and it's perfect. I agree because everybody has their own unique style and it takes a while to find that style. But when you do get it, it's, it's like the greatest feeling in the world. Okay. Well, on that note, Kerry, thank you so, so much for being here with us on the Merry Writer podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? No, I just, I just want to say thank you for having me. It was so much fun. And yeah, I, I just, I had a great time. Well, thank you. We, I mean, we had a great time too. It was nice to finally get a chance to talk to you. Yes. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yes. Rather yeah. than just through Twitter. <laughs> so everybody, thanks so much for listening. Let us know what the best and worst things are about writing on Twitter using the hashtag the Merry Writer Podcast or in the comments below. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't heard already, we are on Patreon where you guys can get bonus content, early access to these episodes, and many more rewards. So please be sure to check that out and support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash the Merry Writer Podcast. You can follow and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite sites such as Podbean, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and many more. We wanted to give a huge thank you to Kerry for being here with us this week. Be sure to check out her website and her books. Links are in the description below. We're hoping to have guests on about once a month and have already lined up our next few victims, so we hope you'll be looking forward to that. Tune in next week for another episode of the Merry Writer Podcast, where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Scribbled Notes. Our handwriting is awful. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.